With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to our Sunday, March 1st, 2015 episode of Beyond the Gate Radio. We are now proudly in our fifth year of this show. Hooray! Wow, where does the time go? I am your host, David M. Baker, and my co-host is Sherelle Baker. Hello, Sherelle, and how are you doing this evening? Great, David. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Great to be on the air. I'm excited for our new guest that's here today. I am too. I guess that's why I'm in a chuckling mood. I always love doing these shows and with new people that have new and exciting things to talk about. First of all, to all of our regular listeners, we thank you. To the new listeners, if you enjoy our shows, please follow us by clicking on the follow button on this page. Thank you. You may also get all of our shows for free on Apple iTunes. Additionally, check out my website, www.mediumdavidb.com, where you can order a copy of my book, The Spirit Garden, A Medium's Journey. Connect to my YouTube channel. Follow on Facebook and Twitter. Plus, I have pages with information about ghost spirits, psychic abilities, and much, much more. Tonight, our guest, Rick Kieber. He is an author and speaker from Evansville, Indiana. Rick's first book, Forever Ash, The Witch Child of Helmuck Creek, was released in June of 2014 and has received excellent reviews. The book covers a paranormal case he investigated with EVP Investigations, or Evansville Vanderburg Paranormal, 
a group he founded in 2008. EVP Investigations has been involved with cases in Indiana, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Rick writes fiction books based on true events. Forever Ash is the first book in a series of paranormal investigation novels. He is working on a second book, Shadows of Eternity. But wait, maybe he's finished it by now. We're, we're going to ask him about that when we get him on the yes. air. Yes, let's ask. Rick is also a seasoned speaker and a frequent radio guest, having appeared on many and various paranormal shows and events. He is a frequent public speaker for his job as a union representative for hundreds of union workers and also with his position as Human Relations Commissioner for Vanderburg County, Indiana. Rick is involved in a current filming project and will speak on a paranormal cruise in September of 2015. He enjoys science, spirituality, writing, and most of all, being a father to his son, Daniel. Now, we wish to welcome our guest, Rick Kieber. Hello, Rick. Welcome to the show, and how are you? Hello, uh... Thank you very much for having me on. I'm doing well tonight. How are, how are you guys this evening? We're doing really great, and we're so glad to have you here. Um, and we're all the listeners are curious about um, just kind of how you've come to be on the with the book and everything. And I I got a couple of quick texts about a couple people that are interesting and in buying your book and everything. So we want to hear about that as well. Oh, certainly. Yes. So basically, um, you, what got you uh, interested in the paranormal? I suppose I better start somewhere. Did you have an experience or see something? Um, you know, I did have an experience um, that at the time I didn't, I didn't think a whole lot about. Um, I was actually in my mid-20s, and uh, I was working in a construction job kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and um, I heard this humming sound get louder and louder. And actually what what actually happened to me, I was up on a ladder and I got stung in the ear by a hornet. And the uh, I guess the venom went to my brain and I had, went into anaphylactic shock. Um, wow. And I, re- I recall, yeah, I recall as I was, uh, my friend was taking me to the hospital. I was kind of slumped over in the seat and, and this little voice in my head just kept telling me, just go to sleep, just go to sleep. Uh, so I, that's what I did. You know, I just allowed myself just to go to sleep. Um, and I didn't, you know, didn't think a whole lot of it after it was all said and done and we were shaking out, leaving the emergency room. Um, he said, man, I really thought we lost you there for a minute. Uh, I think you stopped breathing for a little while on the way to the hospital. And my reaction was, you know, I kind of chuckled at it. And I said, you know, I... I wasn't in that bad of shape because when we got to the hospital, I at least got out of the truck and got on the gurney so he could wheel me in. And uh, he kind of looked at me funny and he said, he said, no, there were six nurses that pulled you out of that truck and laid you on the gurney. So wow. at the time, yeah, at the time I just never really made the connection, but it sort of, I guess, would be like an out-of-body experience because I really felt like I got up out of the truck and sat on the gurney and just kind of rode it in, you know, like I was having fun. Um, but apparently I was 
unconscious and and at that time I was barely breathing um and according to my coworker at some point I actually quit breathing but um at like I said at the time I didn't think a lot of it and it was a few years later when my son was born and a few months after that um my brother died suddenly of a stroke at uh, the age of 36 and oh wow within oh gosh within Less than a year, uh, I lost probably half a dozen friends and family members. Um, and it just really got me questioning about the afterlife. And, you know, everyone has their beliefs, but I wanted to find proof. And as you mentioned earlier about um, loving science, uh, um, the scientific side of me said, you know, faith is one thing, but proof is something else. Um, so I wanted to, I set out to try to prove, uh, life after death and, um, you know, back, back in my days of high school, when I graduated high school, I had, uh, at the time you had to have six credits, six class credits to get a major in a subject. And I actually graduated with 13 credits in science. So I had more than enough for a double major. So I was wow. I'm very analytical and scientific minded. So that's how I originally started investigating the paranormal was, you know, on the scientific side. Uh, and it wasn't long. I uh, started the group in, in 2008, and uh, it was around 2010 uh, when we came across the, the case that I wrote the first book about. And it was right about then that I kind of switched gears because I had all the proof I needed that the paranormal and the afterlife existed. And so we we went from trying to prove it to simply trying to help people experiencing it as well as um, by bringing a uh, psychic medium in full-time. We also tried to help the spirits on the other side who who needed to move on. That's amazing. uh, Well, thank you. Go ahead, Uh, Yes. Oh, sorry. I, Rick, I like to. I like that you guys actually use a, a full-time medium because I find that you know some even with the shows that they're portraying, it's not everything that they can do in an hour or anything like that. But um, that I found out later that doing the investigations really takes time. It's not just okay. We got this in an hour and everything is good and everything is okay and everybody <laughs> goes home. It's it's not really like that, you know. It's uh, you know, it's <laughs> not really at all. detailed. And um, I was going to ask you if your group, do you find that um, the people in your group also have had some type of experience, or do you find that you know it's also for uh, there's some people that are curious or skeptical or something like that, and how do they come into your group? Um, well, I'll, I'll start off by saying that. I, I've always tried to keep our group really small, um, so it's more of a, a team than a group. You know, we have some other okay. groups in the in the area that may have twenty or thirty members, and they kind of filter in and out. And if they have an investigation, like a private investigation, they'll they'll bring in four or five of them or so to to do it. And I like to have a, a full time team, but but we try to stay around four or five people total. Um, Okay. And it works really well because we can, we know each other like family. You know, we've been together for years. Um, 
In fact, my, my lead investigator has been with me since I started the group in 2008, and the other two full-time members I have right now have been with me uh, since just before this this case uh, the book was written about. So we, we know each other really well, and it helps to kind of know what the person beside you is, is going to do or say or or how they'll react, um, especially when you're, you know, in, in some place that you're not familiar with, and a lot of times it's the lights are out and things of that nature. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, the, there's myself, uh, Theo Kostarias, who is a uh, actually a sixth-generation psychic medium, uh, Greek psychic medium. Um, wow. He was okay. born in Greece and then, then moved to America. Uh, and then we have two two women on the team, Jennifer Kirsch, who was my lead investigator and started the team with me, and Katie Collins. Uh, both Jennifer and Katie both have had personal experiences, um, visitations from loved ones who passed on, things of that nature. Uh, Theo, being a psychic medium, a, a sixth-generation psychic medium, has had visitations and, and encounters with the other side since he was a very young child. I think around the age of five or six, he started seeing um family members who had passed on who would come visit him. And it's kind of neat because because he wasn't the first, whenever he would say something to his mom or his dad, it was just, yeah, that that's your grandma, you know, because they knew what he was talking about and they didn't try to dismiss anything that he was seeing or experiencing, which I really think helped him grow his psychic abilities because there was, you know, I think yeah. that's a big problem that, uh, a lot of people have, you know, is that as a child you're taught to disbelieve things that aren't natural. Um, and I really think that that's helped him a lot, and in turn it's helped the team. You know, we when I first started it, we would occasionally call in a medium in certain situations, but it got to the point where it was like, what's, you know, why should we do that? Why don't we have someone with us all the time? And then when that situation comes up, they're already there and involved. So it's, That's it is true. A, yeah, and, and I like as far that. as like the TV really shows, you, yeah, as far as the TV shows you were talking about, I was, I was talking to uh, a guy from one of the TV shows named Grant, and I, I think that's probably enough. I won't have to go into any details of who it is, but Grant was right. saying that um, right. <laughs> that they actually use psychic mediums a lot of times. It, it just doesn't go on the show, um, but he said that you know that's a great tool for a team to have. And we kind of chuckled about it, you know. We still still tease Theo that he's a tool, but uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, they uh, you know we we had a long discussion about how what you see on TV versus what reality is. You know, a lot of times they condense this down to, you know, if it's an hour long show, you may have what forty three minutes of content outside of the commercials, and um you may have four or five days minimum, you know, that they're out there actually filming and and a few days besides that where they have their psychic mediums come in and, and help them kind of go through things. And, um, yeah, so you basically a lot of times they have a week that's condensed down to 40 some odd minutes of, of TV time. So it's uh, a lot of people don't realize they, you know, they, they want to get into this for the thrill and, um, or to have some amazing experience, and 
they don't realize that most of the time paranormal investigating can be kind of boring. <laughs> you know, you have right. to really have a passion right. for it. You know, you don't go in there and, oh, I saw a ghost, you know. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I always like to tell people, and I put this in my book, is that so many people um, want to go out and ghost hunt because they want to have that experience. You have to be careful because if you have a, a real paranormal experience with, you know, encounter with the other side, you can never unexperience that. And and a real experience like that can totally change your life. Yes, I totally agree with that. Now, I, we've had guests on the show like Johnny Zaffis and um, mm-hmm. and others that yes. have talked to us. Um, oh yeah, James Bishop James Long and some other people, and they. Yeah mentioned that you have to be careful what you're doing because even though it's rare more rare than a friendly ghost let's just say or benevolent I mean a benevolent ghost you know you get humans that are negative they're negative when they're alive and they're jerks when they're dead and then the yep. more rare rarest of the rare probably happens one every, of every thousand cases maybe I don't know you could have a non-human spirit that's very negative, whether it be, you know, demonic or a negative elemental or some other type of thing, or even just mm-hmm. a really nasty uh, human spirit that was, you know, a murderer or whatever he was in real life that's been dead for a while, learns how to use his abilities pretty well and knows how to attack people or things of that nature. So is there precautions that you take or warnings that you give about in case you encounter something like that? Oh, yeah. Um, We definitely take every precaution we can. Um, You know, we try to go into every investigation, make sure we're only, uh, we're in a very positive state of mind, Uh, try to push away any any negative thoughts or negativity before we enter uh, a location. We also... Uh, Theo is actually an ordained minister, a non-denominational minister, and he he says prayers of protection. Uh, we do a saging before we go in, uh, a saging before we leave, so that we don't take anything with us. Um, I actually I know Bishop Long. Uh, I've taken some classes from him as well, and I know I know John Zappas not quite as well as I know Bishop Long, but I, but uh, we've spoken before a few times. Um, there's some great. Great people in the field. Um, yes. But yeah, I, yes. as far as uh, as the average person that may encounter something that's extremely negative, um, my first uh, my first piece of advice to to anyone, especially like someone listening now, is to get in touch with a professional, get in touch with the clergy. Um, don't try to do something with this yourself. Don't provoke it. Don't taunt it. Don't. You know, just uh, make sure you get in touch with someone who has dealt with this before, because um, it can be pretty nasty. And a lot of people don't, you know, when they think of, of something demonic, they think of The Exorcist or, um, you know, something with red skin and horns. And, and like you said, there's just because it's it's extremely negative, 
or even labeled as demonic doesn't necessarily mean that it's you know the demon from the ninth plane of hell it's a it's just a very negative nasty entity or energy that uh, can really wreak havoc on a person's life and it's not usually very obvious um they, they do little things that um that slowly pick away at you and, and try to ruin your life and, and ruin your happiness. Um, I've seen it before. I've experienced it myself. And um, it's most often it is so, it's such small, slight changes over a course of a long period of time that you don't realize it. Um, in fact, I just, I just spoke on this uh, yesterday at a seminar about... Um, how back, you know, say in the Middle East, medieval times and, and things, when people would be cursed, a lot of times those curses weren't anything but putting fear into a person, and they had this suddenly they had this negative energy, this fear that they were carrying with them, and it would grow. And every time something went wrong, they would attribute it to that curse. So the curse in their mind was growing larger and larger, which would eventually totally destroy them. Um, but it was it was their own their own fears and, and this negative feeling that they were allowed to grow. Um, but that's, the, the that's difficult a, thing that's is, is really good. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. Cause you don't think <laughs> about that. Yeah. That's, it, yeah, it, that's it, it really is very good. True. And the difficult thing is, is ridding yourself of that negativity and that negative energy. It's not an easy thing to do. Um, especially once you plant that seed in your mind, if once you give it life and believe it, it's hard to push it away and say, no, that's not real, or no, that's not, I'm not going to let that take control of my life. Because uh, once, it's, once it's affected you at all, um, it, it's very difficult to to just turn your back on it and walk away from it. Um, like I said, I, I've experienced it firsthand. And sometimes it is, you know, like I said, a negative energy or a negative entity that was maybe just a person um but they they can still attach themselves to you and and um they can do everything from <clears throat> from like I said the little small things to actually totally adjusting your your um your attitude i uh i recall very uh oh not very long ago back in august maybe september um the team and I went out to an abandoned home that uh, a friend of mine's family owned. And we just went out there to do a photo shoot. And when we left, the place wasn't supposed to be haunted or anything as far as we knew. We just went there because it was an old abandoned house and it just had the right look. So when we left, I was, for some reason, I was angry with Theo, our psychic medium. And the as we drove back to town, the farther we got, the more and more angry I got until I was just furious, and I couldn't figure out why. And then um, later on, we were we were talking to the my friend's family, and they're like, oh, yes, this place has been, you know, everyone claims that this place is haunted and all these tragic things happened here and et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, wow, I wish we would have known that beforehand. You know, because we didn't do anything before we went in, and we didn't try to protect ourselves or or try to do anything before we left to keep anything negative from coming with us. Um, but it took me quite a while to actually shed that negativity, even though I realized what it was. 
it still was not an easy thing to get rid of. So I definitely strongly caution anyone who encounters anything like that to to get in touch with someone. Like I said, either if you go to church, con- contact your pastor, priest, or whatever, and, and let them know and, and get some help quickly uh, before it gets I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, the, as you know from science, the power of the mind and power of fear are very powerful. Yeah. And, yes. you know, even a, yeah, a, a psychic healer, if if they're, you know, well-experienced and have been successful, that might be helpful, too. It, it should oh, there be a case where the church doesn't want to get involved or something. You know, it depends on where you're at and what the community is like. But yeah, any type of help immediately is highly recommended for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I totally agree yeah. with that. Now, that that's, you know, innocent. Something could happen to you innocently. You didn't invite it in or anything like that, but just the fact yeah. that you went on that property and it was there, they would consider it as an invitation, I suppose. And I guess it's from now on to be cautious whenever you do that, just for the heck of it, when her give it a little protection just in case it is haunted, you don't know. Maybe the house isn't, the land could be. You, you just never know. Now, have you investigated uh, something that was really, how can I put it, you know, off the norm other than, you know, noisy ghosts and friendly ghosts that are just want to be known and, you know, the average, if if there is an average case. Something that is really menacing that your team went in that was, kind of messed with you guys, anything like that? I mean, you know... Oh, this, definitely. <laughs> you, you, I'm sure you've had that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, boy. I mean, that's, that's why I wrote the first book, because uh, that was the story behind it uh, and the experiences we had were were like nothing I ever expected. Um, and that, some of this is uh, is theorized, you know, because obviously there's, there's no real proof of, of some spiritual things, you know, and some some of this paranormal and, and spiritual um, information that we have is is through theories. Uh, so there's nothing really with hard scientific evidence on on some of the stuff. But I really firmly believe, you know, and and Theo will cor- corroborate this with me because uh, we we spoke at length about this. But uh, and this is a this is a theory that a lot of people have never either never thought of or, or never heard of, but we really think that the the spirit of the little girl in this book <clears throat> had a separate negative entity or energy that was attached to her as a spirit. Um so it's it's kind of interesting. It's almost like um one spirit possessing another spirit. And um the the negative energy that was that was surrounding her was very oh how should I say it um was it like let's, let's just say that it was <laughs> excuse me was it control a controlling spirit a dominant controlling spirit or something I I think so but it it also was um, very good at uh, the little girl or the little the girl spirit uh, was one of the most powerful entities I'd ever encountered, and I think that this negative energy was using that power to to reach the team. We actually had encounters in our own homes 
that were very frightening. Um, everything from from horrific night terror type dreams um, to personal experiences. I actually, you know, uh, remember actually seeing this figure in the corner of my room. Uh, woke me up in the middle of the night during a, uh, a terrible thunderstorm we were having. Um, but I woke up and saw this little girl in my room, and it just it really frightened me. And uh, it was just a, a split second. You know, I woke up and I, I thought, there's something that doesn't belong here. You know, and I kind of was scanning around, and I, I saw this figure in the corner of my room, and the lightning flashed. And I saw this little girl, and, and just within a millisecond, you know, went from this little girl standing in the corner of my room to look like she was just burnt to a crisp, and then she was gone. And I literally, I, I tell this story all the time, but this is this is one of my probably most intense moments ever of, of the paranormal when I saw that that figure in my room, and uh, I literally I'll fell say. off my bed. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, 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 was, I tried to, yeah, like the, the blankets were wrapped around me, and I literally fell out of my bed and jumped up, and there I was, turn on the lights, and I'm staring into the corner of my room, you know, like, did I really see that? You know, I know I just woke up. Did I really see that? And I was trying to convince myself that I didn't, but in the back of my mind, I knew I did, and um, I don't know how long I stood there, but it seemed like forever. Just, just staring, and eventually I, I talked myself into going back to sleep or going back to bed. And, um, but this is, and this is kind of comical. I actually, I, it's a little embarrassing, but I, I put it in the book anyways. I actually slept with the lights on that night, <laughs> um, just because I, I didn't want that to happen again, you know. Uh, but it's a true story. I don't story. blame you. Um, yeah. I believe it. And, oh, because uh, I've had some experiences, so I believe that. You know, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there was a, a time a little bit later on in the case um, when I had ran out to uh, to the Best Buy and bought a brand new laptop. I was kind of excited. A lot of times, my job takes me on the road, and so I bought this new laptop so I could, you know, review evidence and things like that on the road. And, and back back then, in 2010, that was a big deal to me. <laughs> So, you know, I was oh, really yeah. excited about this new purchase and I remember coming in the door and I was feeling great and everything and I set the box down for the laptop on I, I turned one of the kitchen table chairs around and set the box in the chair because I had to go get a, a pocket knife or something to cut open the packing tape because I was really excited about opening it up and playing with my new toy. So I sat it there and I turned to walk down the hall into the kitchen and it was just like the hair on the back of my neck stood up, and I, I knew I had to turn around. So I turned back around to face the chair, and I watched that box fly out of the chair across the room, uh, maybe three or four feet. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like it slammed into the wall, but it flew out of the chair three or four feet. And I remember running over and grabbing it up, and I was shaking my fist in the air and cussing, and like there was some entity swirling over my head or something. I don't know, but um, it was it was amazing that later on looking back, it was like. I immediately had this this incredible attitude change because I went from being so happy to being furious in a split second. And you know, looking back on it, I can now see that it was it was that negative energy from that entity that caused that attitude yeah. change. Um, yeah. I would have been if had it not been for that, I would have been very upset and concerned because of the uh, you know because of the expense of this new laptop I bought, but. I was making sure it was okay. He could have broken. But I wouldn't have I been mean, angry. Yeah. 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 I was but it was still it was still packed safely, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, those things that's do probably, happen. Yeah, that's probably the I mean, um, intense case we've ever done. Um, this this little girl had, and I don't know if she did it on purpose or like she was coaxed to do it by this negative energy or if, because she was only, as far as our research, we can tell she was about nine when she died. Uh, so I don't know if, if she didn't realize what she was doing, but uh, oftentimes, and I say oftentimes, but everyone on the team, at least in one instance, had a dream or vision or feeling that they were on fire. Um, and I don't know that I don't think she realized what she was doing probably yeah yeah I I don't know that she realized what she was putting us through uh, as much as maybe you know from a child's point of view maybe she was just trying to show us what she had been through but it was uh, it was very terrifying and, and definitely as I said earlier, once you experience something, you can't unexperience it. You know, it's something I'll never forget. And uh, I, a lot of times I wish I could. But um, I don't know, I'm kind of at a loss for words now. <laughs> Sometimes the the emotions come back and it's just a, it just gets a little, be a little bit overwhelming. But... Um, But all in all, I mean the case the case turned out well. I think, um, you know, we did we did um, discover a lot of things historically about it. Uh, we were able to explain to the family um, what was going on and help them. And I think we even, you know, I think we helped the, the spirit of the child as well. Uh, so it was a very satisfying case, but it was very actually traumatic for the whole team. Um, and actually, that was like I said, that was really close to the time when we brought Theo in full time, and, and Katie came on board. And I, I kind of think that those experiences may have may have helped us bond as a team, and, and that's probably why we're still together today. Maybe that's wonderful. Sometimes things like that happens, just like in the military, you got a squad of guys that. Get along, but they don't all go out together and they bicker and this and that. But when they all go through combat together and they come back, they're like more of a team. They're like a family. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, yeah then, they're, then they're brothers. Yes. yes. That's right. The experiences do change people. It's amazing. You know, I, I grew up as a medium, and even though I didn't know what it was right away, and it runs in the family on both sides, uh, generations. Um, and I also went to Catholic Church, and I also studied science and did fairly well in science as well because I loved it. And you, know, you have to weigh one thing against the other. What science says, and I know different. What religion says, well, oh, okay, you know what I mean? You take a great yeah. deal of that, and you take out what you don't believe because, to me, my experiences, you know, I had empirical proof, I mean, many times and uh, I've had good and bad experiences and everything. I learned how to use it and you know, the abilities, what to do, how to protect myself, how to shut it down and how to tap in mm-hmm. ghosts and people, 
crossed over spirits, and I went on to learn about, you know, also the, the theological part or the preternatural, which is angels and demons and so forth, you know, just to be well-rounded so I knew that if I encountered something that I should protect myself or what should I do. But, no, I'm not, yes, I've gotten rid of nasty ghosts, especially that came to my house like yours when I was helping somebody and uh, send ghosts to the light. But, you know, I just, I don't go around doing that too much because mainly I like to focus on the more narrow part of my field. But, no, I've had all kinds of experiences, and I can totally relate to what you're saying. Now, one of the theories was that in a particular home, there's a a negative Mm -hmm. master spirit that's controlling the other spirits and causing them to do things. But I never thought about them attaching to the spirit to make them, you know, like their puppet or something like that. So I never heard yeah. the theory put forth the way you just mentioned it, but it sounds very viable to me. I mean, I'm a medium. I've been doing this for years, and I don't have all the answers. You know what I mean? I don't know everything either. Oh, so <laughs> I like it that yeah. we have more open-minded, great thinkers come into the field, you know, whether medium or they're a paranormal investigator or whatever. And mm-hmm. I like everything you said, you know, you you think well, you can tell that you're well-studied because of what you discovered and you embraced it. And you're not saying everything's 100% on knowledge of how it works, but you know that there's something there. You have a well-balanced team. And you, you've come to the point to where it's been proved. Now you just go out to help people. I mean, that's an amazing progression and uh, I wish more people that I've talked to were in your place. You know what I mean? It's just I'm, I, I do, and, and not to say I'm in the. You know, I'm. I wish everyone was where I am, but uh, but I know what you're saying. So many people, you know, go at it for maybe not necessarily the wrong reasons, but not necessarily the right reasons either. Yeah, so yeah I, I can totally agree with that you. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, people will be people, even in my field. That's right. We yep. have people That's like that, true. too, unfortunately. And it ruins, you know, it kind of ruins things for the, the honest people. It, That's it the way the world sometimes. is. Yeah. Yeah, it does sometimes. I agree. And now you wrote uh, another book, Shadows of Eternity. Cases are a certain case. Can you it tell is. us it's, a little bit about another... that without giving away the book? <laughs> Oh, I certainly can. Yeah, it's a, another case that we worked together uh, shortly after the after the first case. Our first book was written, or not written, but um, after the case of the first book was finished up. Uh, um, this this case happened not too long after that, and um, it's actually we got uh, we got an email from a uh, a social club called the Order of the Owls which is a fraternal club, kind of like um, a VFW or a Moose Lodge or something, where you have to be a member to to go in and take advantage of their facilities and the bar and that kind of stuff. So it was a, it was a social club. And, okay. you know, my first thought was, oh, well, this would be a good one. You know, this, is, this will be fun. <laughs> you know, it will be kind of lighthearted compared to the last one, you know, the, the, the last case that the book was written about and, um, you know, maybe there's nothing there. Maybe they're just looking for something uh, they can use as a promotion. The place is haunted. You know, come see the haunted 
you know, come come be a member. So, um, but when we got there, we we uh, did some digging through the history and had some help with that from one of the uh, trustees there, and uh, we found out that the uh, the building used to be a home back in the late 1800s, um, and the man and woman who owned the home had uh, four young children who all died in the home under the age of uh, eight and all within a fairly short period of time, you know, very close together. And uh, along with that, there were also, let's say, the Owls, the Order of the Owls bought the property in 1922. And from 1922 up until the present, there had been several of their um, their patrons who had actually passed away at the location. Uh, One poor gentleman actually passed away on the dance floor. Uh, had a heart attack and died on the dance floor. <laughs> wow. But uh <clears throat> yeah. But we we did find that uh, the spirits of the children uh, as well as as others were still there. Uh, we had a an amazing investigation there. Uh, actually we we investigated that location about six times and uh six different weekends and we even had uh, a couple of public events where we we brought in people from the general public as well as the members, took them around, showed them what evidence we had caught and where, explained about the history to kind of introduce the two back together so that neither side was afraid of the other, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. Yes. And yes, it, it, it really it really worked out well. Um, we did have one, I'd love to tell this story, we had this one uh Situation: We were down in the the pool room, which was in the basement in an, an old part of the what used to be the home. Um, and my my teammate Jennifer had brought her bag of goodies, and she opened it up and she pulled out a little wooden train and a teddy bear and a, a red ball and and we had some activity with the ball moving around. And um, she said, I want to talk to the children that are here. We were doing a, an EVP session. And, and she calls out, I want to talk to the children that are here. And a few seconds later, we heard this loud crack. It sounded like um, it was a metallic sound. And um, one of the trustees was with us, Dell, And he said, he explained it really well. He said it sounded to him like two hammers smacking together, just a loud metallic pop. So I was kind of curious to see what it sounded like on the recording because I thought maybe I could debunk it or figure out what was causing that sound. You know, if it was something mechanical uh-huh. or so I went back and listened and I heard heard Jennifer, you know, heard her voice and waited for that noise and it, it wasn't there. But in its place wow. was the voice of a little child. Yeah, you know, a little child's voice right in its place that simply said, You can't find us And that uh, that was kind of that was at our first investigation and that really got me to digging of do they know they're ghosts? Are they hiding from someone in particular? Are they hiding from everyone? Or what's what's really going on here? But uh, it was just kind of interesting that, that she said she wanted to talk to the children, and that that child ghost responded that you can't find us. Like we don't want to talk to you. So, um, well, telling that story, I've got got goosebumps telling that one right now. <laughs> but we had a we had a few encounters there, but. Like I said, I don't want to give away too much because the the book actually is being released in two weeks from yesterday, March 14th. 
and um, we're having a, a book launch event at uh, actually at the Owl's Nest. Uh, so it'll be it'll be kind of neat. We're going to have some of the uh, some of the artifacts and things from from the old family that used to live there, some photographs, and there was an old wheelchair that we found in the basement that had an attachment to it. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Rick Hayes, but he's a psychic medium who's done work on uh, shows for the Travel Channel and sci-fi and things. But uh, he, we brought him in to help out on this case as well, and uh, he's going to be at the book launch event. So um, he actually was... Yeah, he was willing to uh, allow me to write him into the book, you know, to tell his part of the story. So that was uh, it's it's really fantastic. I'm I'm excited about the event and uh, being able to to tell everyone about the the story of the of the uh, children of the owls, uh, which is the subtitle of the new book. <laughs> My book, so I'll, it's a trilogy, and they all have subtitles. So um, <laughs> I don't well, know why we have a yeah. We have a link up on our radio page here. They can click on and take you to Amazon to check out your books. At least the Ash, oh, yeah. Witch, and then I suppose they yeah. can go on to find your other book as well. All I do is type in your name, and they can get anyway. It's yeah. easy to find on Amazon.com. Is there any other way they can get your book? Um, right now, Amazon is probably the best way. Now it is available in some Barnes and Noble stores, but it's not in all of them. So if I mean if uh, someone has the Barnes and Noble close to them, they can go in and ask for it. It may it may be on the shelf, or if not, they can order it. Um, and right now, the the book that's on Amazon will only be available for about another week because um, it was my, my trilogy has been picked up by French Point Publishing, and so it'll be coming down off of Amazon temporarily, and then it'll it'll go back up as a revised edition through French Point, but. It, so there'll be a little bit of downtime there on Amazon, but um, but it won't it won't be long, um, and it'll also okay. be available on BarnesandNoble.com. Great. And do you have a, do you have a website, or do you are planning on having one if you don't? Or um, I have one that's under construction right now, which is uh, EvansvilleParanormal.org. Um, okay. I had some issues. Yeah, I used to be a dot com, but I had some issues with the host uh, trying to overcharge me some stuff, so I had to get away from them. And so the new website is not finished yet. I mean, you can go to that link, and it's just a it's just a picture of of the team with a, a caption that says its site is under construction or something like that. Um, okay. But I hope to have that have before any... too long. Okay, that sounds great. We'll be looking forward. And um, do you have any other projects coming up? Oh, um, yeah, always. Um, I'm in the process of writing my third book. We're in the middle of an investigation. It's actually in Ohio, and uh, it's it's based on a uh, a woman who uh, lived and and died at a very young age, actually, um, and was uh, an inmate at an infirmary there. Um, but the story is the story is fantastic. The place is incredibly active, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to telling that. Right now, we've got a, a non-disclosure agreement, so I can't really talk too much about it. <laughs> but, That's fine. Um, Don't say anything else. We just want to get an idea of what's in the <laughs> air. And I think Sherelle wanted to ask you something. I did, sure. um, uh, Rick. You were talking about the. There's a picture of your team. Um, 
on the website. Is that the picture that was in in front of the spooky building? Um, no, it, it's not. <laughs> um, okay. In fact, the picture that's on the website, I, I think Theo's not even in that picture. It was just taken out of oh, okay. a uh, cemetery. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I... I wanted, I, I, said, well, I wanted to see if that was a spooky picture or not. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's not. <laughs> well, um, I want to ask you something. Yeah. Do you have advice okay. for people that want to start doing this? Do you have... Um, uh, somebody wants to do paranormal investigations or ghost hunting or whatever it may be, you know, is there something they should do? Should they, you know, start with a buddy, not by themselves? Should they do research? Or, you know, how does one get started in doing that if they have an interest in doing it? What advice do you have? Well, my first advice is definitely don't start by yourself. Um, and, and two, I agree with you. Um, you should always do a lot of research beforehand. Learn as much as you can about paranormal, about spirituality. Um, every every aspect that, that you can get some information on. Um don't learn as you go. Uh, I kind of made that mistake myself. I didn't know as much about it as I probably should have researched beforehand before I actually got into it. Um, and I, I wish I had. The other thing is make sure that it's something that you're extremely passionate about, uh, not just something that piques your interest in you. Like I said earlier, that you just want to go out and have an experience. Uh, if, if that's something that you're looking for is, is just you know, some spooky paranormal experience, my suggestion is go to a public event. Um, they're they're held all over the country all the time. Uh, you can always find one where you can you can pay a fee, go in and investigate a place with some, some folks who have already uh, done paranormal investigations. Um and that's a way that you can also get hooked up maybe with a with a local team or something if you're if you're really interested in. Um and that's that's another thing too, is that if you know, I really don't suggest anybody do like I did and just start from scratch. Uh if you really have a an interest in the paranormal, find a local paranormal team that you can talk to. Uh get to know them, get to know about how they operate and try to try to join them. Um it's always better to work with someone who's seasoned and has had these experiences before knows the dangers and things of that nature, as opposed to, uh, like I said, learning as you go um, and learning from your mistakes, because that could be a a very uh, difficult and trying thing to do. Um, the mistakes are can be devastating. I agree with that, because I have the same thing in my field, psychics and mediums. I've had people I've worked with that said, well, I'm a a medium. I don't need to take a little course or anything like that, you know. And I said, well, I, I'm not saying you're not a medium, but you just need to take, like, you know, at least three days or some type of course so you can understand what you're dealing with and how to use it and all the ins and outs and so forth. Yeah, I've been doing this a long time. I don't need it. And then a month later, I get these messages or emails saying that, oh, I went to this house to do whatever, and then this uh, ghost followed me home, and now they're holding me down in bed, they're scratching me and beating me up and doing this and that, you know. And I, you know, I'm, I did want to say I told you, 
So I had to get them somebody that could help them. But, I mean, that's an example on this side of the coin, too. You see what I mean? So it doesn't matter definitely. which side of the coin you go on, do your research, work with somebody that knows what's going on, take a course, do something. Don't just start from scratch like you did. Of course, experience is the best teacher, but not recommended, right? <laughs> not that way. Right, right. Yeah, you can get experience going out with someone who ha- who already has experience. You don't have to, to go it alone. And, uh, you know, when you first asked me, you know, uh, what advice do you have for someone who wants to get into this? <clears throat> I didn't come out and say it, my first thought. I wanted to just blurt out my first, my advice to someone who wants to get into this field is don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. There you go. Honestly, honestly, you know, so many people want to get into this for the wrong reasons, either for the thrill or they think that there's, you know, um, for some reason people connect, and I guess it's because of the TV shows, but they connect the paranormal with fame and stardom and money, and it's it's not. <laughs> it is, uh, right. where's, where's it is one of the most costly <laughs> hobbies you can have, <laughs> if you want to call it a hobby. Oh, yeah. But it is one of the most oh, yeah. one of the most cost, costly things you can get into. And um, if you're doing it for the right reasons, like like my team, we don't charge anybody for anything we do. Um, occasionally, we'll we'll have an event where you know I'll sell my books, we'll sell T-shirts and things like that to try to raise up a little bit of money to buy a new piece of equipment or 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 something or to help fund a little gas money when we drive to Northern Ohio or something. But uh, uh, pretty much everything comes out of our own pockets. So unless you're just you know independently wealthy and and have uh, an unquenchable thirst for for knowledge about it, then you know, yeah, don't get into it. <laughs> it it is, but it it's also like you said, if it's if it's your passion, because I'm finding now that a lot a lot of people are getting involved into it because of personal experiences, and they yeah. want to know about it. They want to know what's going on, and some people are afraid to say, you know, well, I, you know, I've been touched, and, you know, it scares me, and now I sleep with the lights on forever, and, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, because I do. I, I slept with the lights on forever, <laughs> so I had yeah. to yeah. Um, start looking into it and seeing what's going on, so that is the one, that's the one thing I... You know, that that's funny you say that, because, you know, you're a natural medium, and you've already proved it to me, but you don't want to do it because you're always very fearful of it. So when we took a couple of courses and you started doing some readings, and then everything became clear. You got over your fear, and then I said, well, go do your readings. No, I don't want to do the readings. I just wanted to do do the courses for two things, two reasons. You know, because I'm a medium, I wanted to get over my fear and then understand it so I could back you up. So that's why she did it and she doesn't do it right now. But see, even she had to overcome her fear of it herself. And uh, so she did something about it and did some research. I mean, who hasn't, you know, wanted to turn on the light when something happened at any stage of life? You know what I mean? It's just natural and maybe common sense. It might turn on light, you feel more comfortable and whatever is there might not want to come back because they like to sneak around in the dark. Who knows? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. But re- remember, there were some things happening with the lights on 
that I was like, wait a minute, this is only supposed to happen with the lights off. It was really, I mean, things were moving around and stuff, and I was like. Well, I'm sure Rick can uh, verify that uh, you don't have to wait till dark for the ghost to come out. It can happen anytime in 24 hours. Isn't that right, Rick? It can. It can happen anytime, anywhere. And that's something else that I, I found myself at one point during the, the investigation that uh, the book book one is written about. I found myself kind of uh, becoming a hermit. I locked myself in my room for a while. And I thought, you know what, this is kind of silly because I've already had an experience in here. I know that no matter where I'm at, Something's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, there's no protection you in my room. You can't hide from them. <laughs> no, no. Because they can see uh, your energy. Even if you lock yourself in the vault, they can still see your energy in there. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, I, but I think just like having the lights on, I think it's just a comfort we get as a child that we're safe in our own room with the lights on. Um, and as, you know, yeah. as bad information as that is, we, we still feel that way. <laughs> but... You're right. It is bad information because you're, you're sitting is, there trying to hide, and then the ghost comes in and say, "What you hiding from?" You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, "Get out of here! I'm hiding from you!" Right? Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, that's your, you know, one of the more interesting paranormal investigators I've talked to, Rick. You sure have uh, a lot talk about lots of experiences i bet if i kept you on here for a couple of hours we'd still be talking <laughs> that's very oh, your yeah, story is very definitely. interesting yeah we, yeah i, I mean, mean we've only discussed two cases <laughs> and i've been doing this for seven plus years so i've got a lot of stories but <laughs> it makes me uh, want to sit down yeah. and talk to you about it or even go on you know i don't say it's about all paranormal people i talk to but you know, it makes me want to, you know, fly out there and go on a case with you. I mean, get my uh, wheels turning here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not that I haven't been on some interesting ones myself, but, um, yeah, I could tell you about a lot of stuff, too. But this is your show, not mine, and you've told us a lot of very interesting things. And I know you have a lot of uh, things coming up. I mean, your travel, you know, that takes... Time yep. and money to travel, to do the investigation, to get the team together, to organize, to buy the equipment, to talk to people, to do research. You know, there's a lot more behind what you do than people actually realize, at least the ones that just watch oh, yeah. TV shows. There's a lot to yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. It's like I was explaining at the seminar yesterday. You know, you go out and you do an investigation and, you know, you you spend hours and hours getting ready for it and, and days you know, investigating for hours and hours and reviewing all of the audio and video for hours and hours and hours and hours. And you get a three-second clip that, you know, of some kind of a EVP or a video clip or something as your evidence. I know, you, know? And you have to people, people don't realize your eyeballs that they think, oh, you know. Yeah, it's, that's hours. <laughs> and you have to, you you, got, you can't yeah. blink, you got to watch, and you have to listen, keep your ears open. Mm-hmm. All right, so... uh I, I'm just going to announce your books because we're running out of time here. But okay. um, so we have uh, Rick Keeper here, and his first book is Forever Ash, The Witch Child of Hemlock Creek, Helmut Creek, and the second book mm-hmm. is Shadows of Eternity. Is there any, anything else you want to say before we end the show, Rick, in so many seconds? Uh, just uh, if anybody wants to look me up 
I'm on Facebook. Just look under my name. I'm probably the only one there um, with that name. And uh, one little piece of advice that I tell everybody, uh, which kind of ties into what you just said a few seconds ago, was be sure and keep your eyes and your mind wide open. Great advice. Great advice. Well, Rick, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Perhaps we'll have to have you come back on again in the future, you know, to catch up and see what we, what you've been doing since then. Thank That'd you so fantastic. much. We really appreciate it. Please come back. Oh, you're very yeah. welcome. Thanks for staying Thanks. Thanks. You know, I certainly will. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. I'm not sure if we're hooked up on Facebook, but we're going to have to do that too. Yeah, definitely. All right, my friend. Take care. And thank you very All much right. once again. Have a great evening. Have a great night. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was an amazing show. Thank you so much, David, for um, that was an amazing guest. And uh, I really appreciate uh, you bringing some new people to our radio show. Um, I really appreciate that. That was very good. Definitely. And... and in a few weeks, we're going to have the psychic lawyer on. Everybody should know that, Mark Anthony. We're going to talk about, oh, yes. talk oh, about yes. his new book. Just take a look on the radio show page, and you'll see where the show is. You can read his bio. And I have other guests in the wing, which I have, will not announce yet. But anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening to Beyond the Gate Radio. It's been our pleasure. Hope you enjoyed your show, and have a nice evening. Good night, everyone.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.